0: Hi class this is chapter uh, 5 week 4 let's start in this chapter we will talk about project we um finished the uh, part of the pro- uh, Supply chain management operation side. Uh, we'll go back again uh, later on, but now we're going to focus on uh, project and project management. So in this chapter, um, basically, we will be uh, we will explain what a project. Are and how projects are organized. We're also going to evaluate the project using earned value management. We will analyze a project using the network planning models. And we're probably going to some examples of it. And we're going to also talk about uh, IT project management also. Um so project management what is a project? project is a series of related uh, jobs usually directed towards some major output and requirement requiring a significant period of time to uh, to perform. And when you do a, a group assignment, this is a project. When you do an individual assignment, this project which is made of takes time and takes a, a different stages of activities. What is a project management? A project management is usually planning, directing, controlling resources. And the resources are, could be a people, equipment, and material in order to meet the technical, the cost, and the time constraint of a project. So any project is made of three things, technical, uh, cost, and time. So the three things is uh, things that the uh, delivers, uh, and the cost, and the timing. And why is the project management is important? And uh, project management is highly important for um, many reasons, but the most important reason is at the highest level of an organization, management often uh, involved in juggling a portfolio of projects. So there is a so many project going on, or there is a limited resources. So the management usually have a uh, you know interest of juggling these portfolios management. So what type of projects are there in, a, in, a, in general? We have a, something called, a, when we do a product changes, and once we do some process changes, same product, but the process is changing, and there is a, something called a research and development and alliance and partnership when outsourcing something or somebody outsource something to us. Now, um the deeper ones is a breakthrough project, and the less one is derivative project, which is you know you improve some kind of a software within the software some functionalities or hands-on equipment. Now, a new product in the product management and a process change, a new process, definitely a new core of technology when you're using some kind of a mobile application before you just used uh, you know um, an ERP or desktop application and outsourcing your major activities and then as you said the platform project is additional product families you want to add one more or process in a graphic upgrade Probably uh, you add a new machine and then research and development, you do an upgrade, which as we said, as a mobile applications um, for service or something, a new software as you wanna add, or select a, a new partner because you're not an alliance or partner, which is a selected career or outsource or something like that. So the project itself, there are three types. There is a pure project, which is a self-contained teamwork full-time on the project. So these are a team who put and do nothing else but delivering the project there. And then you get the functional pro- uh, project, which is responsibility for a project lays within the functional divisions. In in the function in a certain division, uh, for example, for, for example, HR is the within the HR is implementation of uh, uh, HR software, something like that. Um, <clears throat> and um, of the firm employee from that division work on the project, and usually part of only part time. And then you get the metrics project, which is a blended of a pure project and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, functional project structures. People from a different functional area work on the project, possibly only as a part-time. So in the functional and the metrics project, you have um, what you call uh, both of them, they work as a part-time. But in the functional project, you would find people uh, from a different function sectors they're involved in it in the metrics project, people from different departments involved in the different, uh, uh, one department involved in different projects involved in it. Now the pure project, the advantage is the project manager has a full authority because it's like a you know, group and he's in charge, they don't look outside. The team member report to one boss, and uh, shorten the communication line as usual and team pride, motivation, commitment are very high to to deliver these things, to do these things because they're already clear part of the team. The disadvantage is duplication of resources because you need somebody to replace these people if you cannot put them in this product and uh, Organizational goals and policies is ignored because they are focused on their project and they are part of that project. And there is a usually when it's done, they don't do um, mostly the lack of technology transfer. They don't uh, do technology transfer, and team members have no functional area home, so they are worried about after the work whether they're going to stay in or they leave. The other type, which is the um, functional of projects as you see here. So there is a research and development and they are working on a three different project and uh, in the engineering working on other three different projects. So they are kind of a, and there is a president on the top of it. And a team member can work on a several project as we said. The technical expertise maintained in a functional area. So you might know um, <clears throat> in that engineering department, the functional area, the engineers are working on that. And the functional area is a home after the project completed. So this team who is working on the project, they are, uh, will be going to, uh, staying in that, that, that uh, location. Um and there is a lot of specialization in that field is usually it goes for a project that is a very specialized also, but the disf- disadvantage of it, the aspect of the project that are not directly related to the functional area gets shortchanged because these guys are, for example, engineers are not very much interested in, say, part of what um, research and development is doing. So they're not paying so much attention to the other functionality, the other things away from what they have. And the reason because they are very well in their field, they know it well, and oh. that's one of the thing. And then they're not motivated because they look at their their own uh, departmental or uh, their personal needs there. The motivation of the team members is often is weak. Need for, for the client is not looking at it because they are just, um, you know, focusing at their uh, sector. So they're not worried about selling or marketing or anything else. Now. Um, in the case of metrics, the metrics is basically is there was, is, let's assume there's a, a four people and there was another four people like this or this. And then when these four people comes in, like in this position, they are both comes in in the certain work, but in this position, this person works in with this person. And it's like a if this person it uh, comes in across is like uh, whenever is the project like this, it, it depends on what is working with. So the metrics is you changing uh, probably the duties as the pro- type of the project itself. Now, usually have a project manager on the top, but uh, it's a, it has a better communication between the functional areas because you know, It's a matrix and they are communicating with each other in each horizontal and vertical department. Um, Project manager are held responsible for the success. The duplication of resources is very minimized because they are uh, doing their work plus they're doing this uh, project management fully utilized there. And functional home for the team members so they, once the project goes live, they can, you know, have it uh, stay home and they can utilize this project. And the policies of a parent organization are followed. So the, the whole, the policy comes in from, you know, um, probably the CEOs to these project managers and project manager goes to the functional and the te- technical employees. The disadvantage, there is too many bosses. So because uh, you, in some places you are the somebody else, because we said like this, so at this case, you have one boss, at this case, you have one boss, at this case, you have one boss. So it's like a, so, so too many bosses that you have. The success depends on the manager's negotiation skills. And this is why you sometimes, you, you, when you do a, a matrix project, you always require at least one, one week, uh, every week or every two weeks, a meeting with the CEOs and the management. And uh, potential of sub-optimization. Now, um, <clears throat> organization, organizing a project task is basically we have what you call SOW, which is a project start as a statement of work. So statement of work means SOW. It's a written description um, of the objective to be achieved. uh, Plus a brief statement of work to be done and propose a schedule accordingly, which is, pre-proposed schedule. So the task is a further subdivision of the project. So when you have a project, you divide it to a task and then subtask and activities. And usually is no longer a task, no longer than uh, several months and performed by a single group or organization. So that you divide your put the timing and you say, this department will do this part or this part of the department will do this part. And work package, which is a smaller than the task is a group of activity combined to be assignable to a certain, to a single organizational unit. So we get the task, subtask work package, and then it's assigned for certain you know, uh, single organization unit. The project milestone is a specific event in the life of a project to reach at a sort of point of time. So you've set up a timing when you deliver a project and there is a project milestones, which is a, it is a sign you have accomplished certain level of the project and it's important to reach that. And then there is what you call a work uh, breakdown structure or WC, WS, which is defined as, you know, the hierarchy of the project task, the subtask, and the work packages. So it's divide the one task and then which one is more important, and which one is depend on what. So it's like, a, you know, you divide it and then you, you have subtask and work package, as we said. And the activities is defined within the context of work breakdown and are a piece of work that consume times. Like let's say you're painting a house. Um, the, is the project delivered? No, not yet until the, the paint gets dry. That's when you can submit a project. So uh, it is, the is activity is something, not part of the whole activity, it's part of the waiting, but it, it has to be, you know, delivered. So um, the breakdown, like for example, on the level you say, uh, the program, and then what's your program? You wanna put some kind of software, or you bring more equipment, machineries to do that. And then there is two parts of the project. One project probably buying the machineries and setting it up. And the second part is making the, you know, a place for them building. And then there is the project of task is you subtask it of, uh, you know, shopping around, finding a machineries A subtask is you start, you know, negotiating, something like that. You break it down into a work packages. Uh, and it could be going more deeper, the more complex it is. And the second part is a project two, which is building a place for them as also break down and goes down like this. So you drilling down, you go to the details, overview on the top, and then you go to the details of it. Another way of looking at it is this way, which is the scanning, I, I find it a little bit, you know, too much information here is like inside. In, in, but it's overall, if you look at it is basically, it says one, which is stand for this, which is optical, for example, simulator design, you're looking at that. And then 1.1 is optical uh, design, which is belong to this uh, this level. But when it comes to uh, 1.2, it is is a drilling which level is supposed to be done. So, is for example, if you're talking about um, 1.4 here, data recording and reduction equipment, which is would be uh, part of 1.4. So, it's just a different way of looking at things, but I, I feel that the first one is much simpler easier to look at it. And it's not much as used in the today market, but the most used one is the Gantt chart. And the Gantt chart is a very clear one who you can really uh, <clears throat> divide your activities based on single and timing. So uh, the Gantt uh, chart provide an easily understood visual presentation. As a, and then there is a softwares can be used to create such a Gantt chart. So you put dating and change it to a Gantt chart for you. A Gantt chart shows in a graphic manner, the amount of the time involved in the sequence of activity, often referred to a bar chart, which are these are the ones bar chart. So here is the timing and this is the activities and you can contract negotiation takes that much, which is two weeks and then contract signed takes one week or two, you know, for two weeks. Long lead procurement, uh, it's gonna give you, takes from you probably eight weeks, but meanwhile you can do manufacturing and scheduling and it's depend if it's connected to each other partially, so you divide this to the part where it's delivered and then we will talk about when this comes to the CPM later on. Then you get the bill of materials and the process. So it's really clear how time, when it's supposed to start and when it's supposed to be delivered. These are the samples of how you're looking at the project. And this is a PMI thing and a different way of looking at a, um, or, uh, or at project management. And we will be talking about some of them. We're not gonna go very deep in them, but we need to understand what is this all about, how you do a project management in general. Now, let's take an example of project management for information system. And you know, um, in the, there is a, over a hundred companies offer a project management software. But the most famous one is uh, Microsoft Project, which is, you know, manage the mid-size projects. And then you get the Primavera, which is belong to Oracle, which is for mid-size to large. So Microsoft Projects, small to medium, and that medium to large is Primavera. And the good about thing about the Microsoft Project is, you know, integrated with other apps like emails and all the other things. In addition to scheduling tasks, resource must be assigned to a specific task through a software tool. So that's when you do a task, schedule task, you need the resources, which is could be human, could be machineries, could be whatever. So the, it, it, it integrates the both together, is assigned to each other. And also software can be used to spot over allocation of resources. So if you over allocating, it will show you that this person at this time is working in this area cannot be doing something else in other places. So it's basically a planned use exceed availabilities, uh, available supply, and when the resource is over allocated, either more resources are required or rescheduling. So is whether you take more resources like more human, or you stretch your schedule. And it's also taking advantage of the tasks. Slack can be a free resource. So once you can see that where is the free resource is is occupied and if between two days is free, between two weeks, there's one week free, you can take them and put them in something else. So the slacking time is also important because some project has, to wait in some task to get that other task, which is that's what you call activities. And during activities, you cannot do anything. So you can take out these uh, human resources or whatever the uh, machinery is and put it in something like. As also shows you the progress tracking is a key feature for the management, uh, managing project as they are being completed. So where are they, has been completed, what part of it is doing. Now, let's take one step behind and it comes in with, um, let's say within the software, let's think about project implementation and project management for the software. This is software, but it can be very applicable to other projects also. And the, the whole starts from people not paying enough time and attention to implementation and software selection or a product selection. And it's funny thing, 60% within the software uh, industries, um, could be more in other industries or less, 60% they would run to a problem, 30% would not select the same solution And the reason because they have utilized somebody else, knowledge that he probably outsider that he has some bias or a salesperson who's trying to sell you their equipment or certain thing. And um, 20% is fail and this is a lot, which is uh, especially in IT, the 20% fails that uh, the highest in probably other project management. selection. Now this is also for the software but also is applicable for any other product is the first you use just like a um, selecting the, uh, the right products for the project or the right softwares for the uh, implementation it's like a hierarchies but it's like a pyramid. So you need to go with the basic, start building the basic properly, all right. And then you build things on it. But this thing is made of a three parts. The part is the objective, which is very clear, you know what you want and it's a black and white. Then you get the subjectives and then you get the, the perspective, the whole view. And it start with the objective, which is here is like a, functionalities and technology comes in the very objective side. And then you go with market data, the marketing information and your RFP reviews, which is, is becomes semi-objective uh, subjective, but it's still in the field of subjective. And then you got uh, a probably scripted scenario and easy to use because the reason is sometimes with the scripted is very limited and also a scripted scenario means you have, a, you bring the, you know, people who is technical from the supplier side and the sales people and whomever there and you give them certain questions scripted and they have to show you how to be, how it's done. And then you got the, the as we said, number six, which is a scripted scenario, number six, easy to use. And easy to use is, is a very subjective because for me it could be very easy and for you could be very difficult. For the next guy it would be mediocre and some of them they don't. So it's, it's, they don't know how to use it. So that is that's is kind of a subjective. And then what comes in the, uh, uh, process fit. Because of process, we in some time, most of the time we are very flexible in the process. And usually these company suppliers, they can fit lots of process, but also they have the best practice they collected from their previous histories working. So they also, if you have a choice between having your process fit uh, their ways or their ways fitting your process. And then the last thing you look at it is the reference. Most of people, when they do select, they go with the reference first, which is that doesn't make, uh, you know, that's a, a good, um, you know, way of failing. Because whatever works for other factories and companies does not mean work for you. So there is a project charter, and you start with outlining the project and you do the objectives and then you divide the rules and responsibilities over, over them. And then you set up a plan, a plan, which is, it's also a project management plan. And you divide the task and then within the task, you wanna do a subtask and then, the, for example, in selecting cases, you can do a research. And then once you're done with the research, you start evaluation and then you do the collection, selection, and then you select the final. So there is a process because It's a sensitive when you select something because maybe not everybody is agreeing with you. So they might sabotage the thing. So you want everybody to get involved. SMEs, subject matter expert, also it should be getting involved with it. In general, once you select the software and you select uh, all hardwares and all these things, you start coming up with a project plan and project management as we said. In the project management, you will be defining things in the phases. uh, In these phases or milestones, is you start with a phase one, which is in a phase one you, is a definition they call it. And it's a, a plan organization. You set the business and the project objectives. You plan the um infrastructures and hardwares for it. If there is a hardware needed, if there is a basic things you need to build and you're gathering your business requirement from SMEs, from the people who's gonna work on it. You do a data consolidations and data migration, identify there is if there is a gap finalize the business process and do the customer review. Each one of them is a total work and detailed work. So a a project manager has kind of, his hand is full and the output of that is coping document, clearing what's the gap and project plan. So you need to know when this project goes live, where is the gap? Where are the things that is not meeting you before it goes live? So you can narrow and close the gap. The second phase that you do is the pre-implementation, which is in the pre-implementation, basically you build the solution component and the solution move to the development. You finalize, get ready plan, get approval and you finalize training plan if there is a training which is needed and the output of that phase two, the pre-implementation is configuration document, information how they can document, and UTA or uh, what do you call acceptance uh, preparation because you need the management also approve it and accept it. And the final VIP, which is the project implementation. Now, Then you go to the phase implementing phase, which is implementing customization, um, execution, get ready plan, executing, user acceptance test. Here you do finalizing user accepting test cases. What's the cases here? And here you provide the cases for them. And uh, plan to go live and stress testing. You wanna see whether the machines can hold on with producing a thousand unit or can do only 800 units, something like that. So you do a stress testing and then the output, it comes in with the implementation gap, uh, user training and executing of um, user acceptance tests. Here's where the users will be accepting this thing. And then in the phase of operation, then you need to go live uh, plan for the post implementation if there is you know gaps you need to close or you know work more and you do the data migration if it's necessary if required to confirm that there is a contingency plan and you go live. Once you go live there is a post implementation which is here where you do um, uh, complete the project, you want to close the project, which is sign off, and the sign off happens when the acceptance happens, and extensive support uh, from the, you know, from one to two months, uh, because, you know, the users would have a hard time in the beginning to use it, but then when they get used to it, they start using it, and then you get the major objectives, if there is a objectives, uh, you try to solve them analyze the result of audit and make a future plan for further implementation further adjustment, you know, um, order management, something like that in these fields. So the output would be uh, a support, close the project and get audited to see that whether you have delivered the functional requirements um, or the workload at the certain, uh, in that time, in time, or before or after time, or and, uh, at the cost that is looking for. So the project management has to be simplified implementation, minimizing the risk, prove the process and a flexible approach. Now, there is, to do that, to do to evaluate this process, you don't wait until the end of the project going live and then you say whether they have delivered things on time with a budget and they delivered exactly that we required on it, which is, you do it in, uh, you know, while they're moving. So you know if they are really coming short or way ahead or they're doing really well. And this is done through could be uh, earned value management, which is EMV. And uh, EMV is, um, the the technique is a technique for measuring a project, process. So project, progress, project, process or project in an objective clear manner has the ability to combine the measurement of the scope, schedule, and cost. So it looks at the scope and the schedule and cost. Scope, time, and cost. So there is a three tri- triangle band of three, uh, each one, which is, if you want to minimize the timing, you might need to increase the cost or uh, reduce the scope because these three triangle has to be connected to each other. Um, if you want to minimize the cost, you probably wanna minimize the time or the scope also. There is, this is a, would be a duty of the project manager to work on, on that detail. And it's also a provide a method for evaluating the relative success of a project, as we said. So, um, what do you do for uh, a project uh, EMV, EVM, and what's the essential features of it? It's basically, you do a project plan that identify the activities to be accomplished. You bring your project plan and you put an evaluation of each activities. You put a pricing or, you know, unit, unit that you can measure it. And then you define the pre uh, def- predefined earning or costing rules to quantify the accomplishment. How much each one unit, how much is worth, how much is costing, how much is value is there in it. These are the samples. We will go through, through a few of them to, you know, to look at the earn value, uh, how, it's, how it's done. Here, we're just gonna take a look at it, which is called budget cost, scheduled and actual cost and budget cost of scheduled and performance, the budget cost and actual. See, sometimes if you compare the actual cost to the budget uh, to work uh, budgeted cost, it's not showing you whether you are delivering because you might be not working and consuming some money. So the actual cost is going high, but um, you know, you're not delivering the project. So there is more involved in doing that. When you do that, it's basically you take in if you the project tracking without EVM. What will happen here? We said that you probably, you do a simple comparison of just cost versus budget does not tell this whole story. For example, if you look at here and you have the BCWS, which stands for budget cost of work schedule. And then you have the actual accounting or the actual cost, which is you get it from the accounting department. And you just look at this and you say, wow, in the beginning, our actual cost is high, but at week five, we managed to minimize actual cost. And we're doing well with the budgeted cost, uh, you know, but actually is, it means without a means of quantifying how much work has been accomplished, costs are the only available information. So we don't know how much work has been accomplished. We know how much is actual cost and how much these guys are taken out from the budget. So here we see that in a, in a project appears to be covered from, as we said, one to four, the actual costs exceed the budget. So the actual costs exceed the budget. But then you would see that the actual cost, the project appears under budgeted because the project tracking without earned value is inclusive. So because um in this case in the beginning the budget and this person who's in charge of that budget is taking too much money out of that and then when it comes in the middle of work four week four and goes upper you will see that the accountants start not giving them enough money. So I like you know, you see that the, the gaps differentiate between both of them. But when you are involving uh, project tracking with the EMV, um, with a predefined method of quantity to quantifying the quantity of work accomplished, EMV provide much more information. You know, you need to see what work you quantify. You put units of delivering and you put a value on them. So here where you got a budget cost of work scheduled, which is BCWS, and then you get the budget cost of work performed, done. And then you put a, you do a unit and you put a pricing on it. And then you see the EMV project confirmation out of the performance according to the schedule. So you look at here and BW, BCWS, which is the schedule one, is stand there according to the plan. But then we see that the a performed work is higher, but it then is going down. And this is why really the uh, uh, the AC, the actual cost is going down because the, pro, the budget cost for work to perform is not you know, done um, accordingly. For example, you bring a machine and the machine costs money and you work on it. Now, if you don't bring the machine, the, the cost doesn't shows. I mean, so you, your actual cost is down, but you still have the people who is sitting there doing nothing, which is they are consuming the budget. So the issue is a pro, uh, week one to five here that shows the project is ahead of the schedule in a week. Okay? Because you look at it and you see the points in it. But after the six weeks, the project is falling behind the schedule. And then you need to dig in why this project is behind the schedule and what you can do with it about it. Now, with the predefined method of qualifying the quantity of work accomplished, EMV has much more information there. So you're not going to go only with the uh, budgeted costs for uh, for, for uh, uh, schedules. You utilize this budget cost for work performed. And the work performed, which we said we well, need to divide it in unit, put money on that value on it. And here it's very clear that. The project is showing that the project is under budget in the term of actual work performance. So the project is under budget. They are not giving enough budget to the project for the work. So you people are putting more time at uh, you know free time for their free time, or they trying to utilize a sub uh, uh, other. Other uh, utilities, other other things that is not supposed to be used here. So this way, how you how you analyze the you know the project, uh, whether it's software, hardware, whatever doesn't matter. So project tracking all in one is a, a combined view gives an overview of project performance in terms of the original plan. So you have an original plan. And then you will see work performing, whether it is accordingly through using the budget itself, using the dollar sign, and what's the actual cost. And it's justifiable now because this is the work plan, and this is what has been delivered. And according to what's being delivered, the, the actual cost is in parallel. So if the management comes to you and says, you are behind in the schedule, you can tell them, well, um, my cost is lower and my cost is lower. Now you need to find the reason why. The other way of looking at it is another example here is probably you have a multiple activities and not one activity. And you know, there is a uh, milestone or timing milestone. And then when you look at the milestone, you see the timing, you see where is the activity A, B, C, and they not, could be not be in, uh, connected or connected to each other. And this is how you do the calculation. So activity A could be you're delivering everything at the X time, it's your milestone. And then you get the B, you have managed to deliver only 80% of actual work and for some reason you left the 20% of it. And already there is a budget of 10,000 for over it, for all of it. So activity B is only 80% completed and the budget cost was $10,000. So there is worth of 20% is not being delivered. And uh, this is at the X point, still the thing. And then you, and another example like activity C, there is only 70% of budget is completed. And then you have, by the time of this timing should be 80% is done. So you see there is only 70%. So there is a 10% is behind of your work. And there is a 20% expect, so you have 30% is not done at the X time, which is the 20% of it is not necessary now, but the 10% is you are behind. It shows where you are behind, how, how far. And there is activity D, which is you're supposed to start a little bit before the, you know, the, the X time, which is the milestone time. And you have not started it. And that also can help you in the timing and the slacking time also because if the activity d is not, not crucial to other activities you can wait and focus on other activities to fi- finish uh, activity c and b for example so the budgeted cost of work schedule is the budget when they set up is like a we said 80000 10000 and there is supposed to be 80% is finished, which is 16,000, but we have only 70%. And here we're supposed to finish 15%, which is not, nothing done, but we have spent $6,000 already. And you add them all, and this is, is a budgeted cost for work schedule. What is that, supp- is, that's what's supposed to be spent for delivering that work. but. The budgeted cost of the work performed, which is we said that in the activity A you finished it and you are really doing a good job and you have managed to finish everything which is worth of $18,000. In the activity B, you've done 10% of it, 80% of it, still there is a 20% but either budget is still there is $2,000 you can consume it if you did not consume it. And the activity C was we said, you are at the 70 and it's supposed to be 80, but 70% you're supposed to be consumed and on not 80%. And that's a $14,000 and you know, activity D, you did not start anything. So you should not be taking money, but you saw in the budgeted there is something like um, $6,000. So the budgeted cost of work performed is you add them together and you have $40,000. And the reason you do that, because you want to see the schedule variance, where are you behind? So the BCWP minus the work scheduled costing is you 50000 already uh, 50, uh, $10,000 uh, in the whole. And you do the schedule performance index. So, what's the percentage you are doing? And then, and, and, uh, which is called SPI. And then you have the cost variance, which is the CV, which is you, we showed it in the schedule where, you know, where this goes, you know, the. Uh, the BCWP if it's higher than the cost or lower than the cost. But also the final thing that you're looking at most important thing is the PI. And if the PI uh, for performance indicator, if the PI is lower than one, costs are higher than the plant. So your cost is way higher than your plant but if it's equal, you're get exactly the cost at any point is exactly matching the plan. And if it's the PI is higher, means the cost is lower than the plan. So if you're planning like a hundred thousand but the cost is 150,000, something like that. So, but when you do a project, Planning and project implementation, there is a thing called a, a, a network planning. Things are connected to each other, you're networking them. And some of them they have to be done in parallel, some of them connected to each other. And it's used for something called CPM. And now uh, a project is made up of sequence of activity that form a new network representative of the project we said that, the path taken the longest is that the activity is called the critical path and the critical path provide a wide range of scheduling, information useful in managing your project. We look at the critical path because we want to get more information It can help us in understanding how the project is going on. Because on a short time, you might be doing it. When I ask you, have you done this? And you go, yes, I've done it. Because it's a small unit work of one day and you look very impressive. But if I'm asking you within a week, what you've done, you cannot say I've done this only. You need to show me the whole week. So it's showing a real variation if there is any. So it's used a critical which called the critical path method, which is help to identify the critical path in the project, which is you look at them and you see where you're looking at, which is usually the longest one. Now why uh, the critical path or method or CPM is used to identify each activity to be done and estimate how long it will take to complete, as we said, There's a one week work and there is a two months work. And you could look very good if if I'm asking you about one week work, but if I'm asking you about one month work, you might be uh, two weeks behind. Determine the required sequence of activities and construct a network diagram. So the long paths would show me what's the sequence supposed to be and what things has to be done. And then we can determine the critical path and determine the early start when can we finish early? When can we start early? When we can be starting late? And we can, what's the latest time? What's the earliest time that we can finish? And vice versa. As example, in the it's just an example. We, we don't need to look at this, but this is like, you know, we need to design and then we build a prototype And if we don't build a prototype after 21 weeks, we need to go back and finish the design first. So these are intermediate uh, predecessors. And we don't, we cannot finish C without finishing an A, which is C is evaluate equipment. So these are the activities and this is the designation for them. And showing me what do I need to build a prototype, to build a prototype B, which is Here is gonna, I need an A to be done. Now, here in the bracket, when you see is times of the week. So in the designing, it takes me 21 weeks. To reach to the G2, it takes 21 plus seven plus eight, which is 15, 35, 36 plus 237. And then you check this path and add them together and see which one is longer that uh, you need to look at it as a critical path. So the critical path is basically, it shows that uh, A to C to F to G to do this thing. And these are things could be working parallel, could be working into dependence. Uh, one project that we said, there is a different task that has to be done. And and sometimes could be integrated. And this is the critical first, when you define the first critical path, and it's easy for you to define the second critical path, which is, it cannot be this, the the critical path usually is the longest one. So, um, the issue here is critical path method with activity time estimated is always there is a time estimated in it and when you do a critical path we remember we said when activity times vary a single time estimation may not be reliable so and it's happening when you talk to somebody when you this finishes between two to three weeks he is and if I'm lucky I finish it in one week so this is what you call Really, a very time and instead of estimating three values, you do the optimistic, the pessimistic, and most likely. So, this allows the calculation of a probability estimate of completion time. This distinguishes the characteristics of the PERT method. Its critical path is d- driven. It started in um, DuPont uh, and uh, PERT started in the States, but now everything is called critical path, which is you use the optimistics, the pessimistic, and the most likely, I mean, we said like uh, if we're lucky, we finish it in one week. If we are op- average two to three weeks, and if we're running to problems, four weeks maximum finish. This is. Very important to understand whether we have managed the well or not. Now, um, time, cost, model, and project cra- uh, crashing. Now, as we said, there is a three things involved in any project, is time, cost, and things that need to be delivered. So sometimes the boss comes to you and says, okay, we need to deliver it in two weeks instead of three weeks. That means you ask for more resources, which is more cost, or you tell them, well, we can cut these corners, cut all these things, which is, you know, the whole thing does not deliver the importance. And in the time cost model, the extension of a critical path model that consider the trade-off between time to complete an activity and the cost. And we'll show it in the graph. So you need to consider the direct activity cost and indirect cost of a project and the activity of completion. An attempt to to develop a minimum cost schedule for the entire project. So it doesn't have to be your boss telling you, if you can, you know, um, do it in, in you know, trying to cut down on the timing or the thing you will be cutting down on the cost itself sometime. And the thing is, uh, you need to cra- crashing the co- the project at a certain time to be delivered and certain pro- uh, services. Now there is a trend these days that's happening, and is very useful, is. Um, um, it, when you do a project implementation, you might wanna be first start something and have things is rolling and then you add more functionalities, more requirement, but you have to put the project uh, in, into, into a role. And this will be talking about it probably in uh, later chapters, different project management. So the project crashing means that the com- uh, the compression of time to complete a project. And this is how it's done is basically you prepare your uh, prepare a CPM type network and we talked about the critical path and CPM type and determine the cost per unit of the time to expedite each activities. Then then you start computing, as we said, the critical path and then you shorten the critical path at, uh, at the least cost. So you try to shorten it at the least cost possible, and then you plot a project indirect and total cost curve to find the minimum cost schedule. It looks like this. Basically at the first thing you have a normal cost which is you can deliver um, activities, six activities at uh, time one and time and two. So normal cost is the lowest suspected activities cost. Then you have the normal time, which is the time associated with each normal cost. And then you have the crash time, which is the shortest possible activity time. And then you have the cash cost, which is the cost associated with the shortest. It's basically time versus money. And here, what you have, for example, at $10 or $10,000 or whatever, in the first stage we said we uh, try to build the critical path and then see if you can lower uh, the timing for it with the costing in it. So, first of all, uh, the second step, after you see building this, you just try to do the cost timing unit. So you say that at the $10 cost, you don't need to do that calculation, but you need to understand the concept behind it. Is one unit, you can do it uh, at $6, or which is that's what you call a crash cost, and ten dollars in normal cost. So at the six, at the after two weeks, you can do the normal cost and the normal uh, time, doing only six units. But here, what you ask is to do um, one unit at the ten dollars which is a crash cost and um, uh, crash time. So what do you do is you cost per unit time. So you do the um, crash time and the crash cost, uh, normal cost uh, and the crash cost were divided by uh, normal time and uh, crash time. So what do you do? you basically, you, you find an option, second option. It says, and you know, in the project, there is always a variation. So you say, if I'm putting a pressures on, on my team, it's gonna cost me that much, and it's gonna finish in shorter time and that much. But if we go normal, it's gonna cost us that much, higher a little bit, and a longer time, or at a normal time, something like that. So you, you do these and you find the, in this timing, what's the units cost and this timing, what's the unit cost and you you do the division as we here indicated. This is only a sample. So as we said, this is a $10 versus $6, which is one unit and the cost per day to expedite to get is only four dollars, so can you reduce four dollars in activity? But which comes to the activity B, you also do the same thing and the third way, and shows you how much cost per unit if you crashing the uh, the thing uh, it will generate for you. So then you compute the the critical path according to um, norm according to the crash times and if you can do it then you're, you're you're doing you know it's just how to save the implementation. Now here's the assignment that I would like you to do and it's according to the previous chapter that we've taken. Basically I will supply you this and basically is I need you to look at uh, something called One Global. And by the way, uh, look at it, check the suppliers and then understand, I'm sorry, check the consumers, what they're consuming and then understand their operation, how it's done. And I want you to set up the best supply of this operation. How the supply for this operation, because there is a consumer who wants to buy and consume, they will pay. How you work out the supplier is just like, but this is in the field of IT. um, If you wanna sell um, food, how you supply the sandwiches to put the meat inside or whatever the food inside. You need to look at that. And you need to look at how you supply the meat, how you get the operation of the supply, you need to see it. I will explain more in the class but this is the link that you need to look at it and then understand the business. And I think it's a good idea to start with the global one and maybe the most complete one is the one OG Money. in, in And this is an application you can download it to understand better on the World mobile. So by here we're done.